If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Thank you. Happy NLL Thursday to everyone in the sports universe. It is March the 17th holiday. 2022. This is the AM Drive on 12 on Sports, and we are sober and live. For Aaron Crouch, I am Michael Carvilla saying, Aaron, what's popping? Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, sir. <laughs> that was my that was not a good Irish voice. Oh, that was an Irish? Oh my lord. And a happy things Patrick Day For to a you, sir. Good morning to you. There you go. That, that's on better. There you go. That was good, actually. That, part. <laughs> that was that was my best uh, effort at it. Hey, but look, good news. The tumbler's back. Well, well, about time. It sat in the sink for a few days. I've been lazy to do the dishes, so. Oh, uh, wife's going to kill you. Nah, she's a good egg. But yeah, she, uh, let's just call it, not so subtly reminded me yesterday. I hate to open the show with like somber stuff, by the way, before we get going here. Aaron, you like golf, right? I do. I played it yesterday, but not very well. Did you hear, did you hear about the Texas team that, like, their, like, bus had, like, a, a, a head-on collision with a truck somewhere in Texas? It was, like, some college team, and then, like, six players died. I I did hear about it. That's it's, awful. It's I just wanted pretty, to give a shout-out to them. Yeah, it's a pretty ugly situation. And, yeah, like you said, thoughts and prayers to all those involved. Um I haven't seen too many too many reports uh, about that, but yeah, it's it's a gruesome sight and sad to see. Including a first year head coach, and I just, I, I so happened to come across it because it definitely didn't come across on my ESPN um, notifications. I just randomly saw it on Sports Center and thought that it would be kind to mention them about us. So let's give a five seconds of silence. Mute your mic, sir, and don't forget to unmute. <clears throat> This is possibly the best morning show ever, but it's hard spreading the word, Aaron, because friends want to check us out, but will they? Well, they forget. They do forget. Well, it's time to grow with Popple. P-O-P-L. What is Popple? Well, Popple is an easy-to-use behind-tech digital business card. Um, You can get your Popple using the code AMDRIVE for 20% off, set up your links, and share. People you share with don't even need a Popple. So you get your pop one keychain, credit card, even pop second former. Enter that code AMDRIVE in all caps for 20% off on popl.co or go to micronearandrive.com and click the pop link. I don't know if why I freeze when I read that ad. I feel like I should know it by now, right? Seemed good to me. Good. All right, contender, pretender. Courtesy of Aaron, this is a game we're playing with Deshaun Watson. There are teams, I did include the Houston Texans and the – well, Houston Cowards and the Indianapolis Colts in this. Um, Falcons are a long shot. Browns, of course, are trying to burn their bridge with Baker Mayfield signed to Sean Watson. Saints and Panthers, of course, as well, who are the primary favorites when this all started. But we're going to play a game where we go, we break down whether each of these teams becomes a true contender simply by adding to Sean Watson. Not, not, um, no, not what they get back. Plopping Deshaun Watson on the team that played last year, Aaron, are the Colts contenders? I say absolutely. Uh, yes, if the Colts were to somehow get Deshaun Watson, I think this puts them into a into an echelon that makes them a contender. The AFC South is winnable. I mean, we, yes. we saw that. You know, the question really is what could happen to Derrick Henry? What happened to Derrick Henry last year could happen again. And on top of that, you know, like you said, you know, we've got some movement in Tennessee that that could affect, uh, you know, the talent levels, in, you know, in the AFC South. So I, I think absolutely, if we're talking, I assume Super Bowl contender with this uh, with this yes. game we're playing, um, I think they are absolutely in one hundred percent a middle tier Super Bowl contender. Things will have to go right, uh, and in the game in the playoff games, I know that, you know, 
Deshaun hasn't been able to go in and win big playoff games. So that, that will be remain to be seen if and when they get there, if and when the Colts were to acquire Deshaun Watson. Although I think the Colts will have to pay the biggest premium to the Texans out of this, out of these teams that we've mentioned, because he will be staying in the division at that point. I think it would take three first rounders, three seconds, maybe even a fourth and a player. I don't know, but if I'm not, if I'm the Texans, I'm not letting Deshaun Watson go to the Colts without a King's ransom and then some. So you're saying you would not believe it would be possible if, if, if that is the thing, but you believe the Colts would have to give the biggest price. Because before you were kind of saying screw it all. I just I, – I, I don't – I can't see a reason why the Texans would, would let him go to the AFC South team, any team. You know, I mean, obviously the, the Titans and Jags don't really need a quarterback. I mean, they, they that argument's there for them. But right. um, the Colts do. And if I'm the Texans, I'm not just giving a division rivalry for the same price I'm going to give New Orleans or Cleveland or Carolina. No, not at all. If I'm going to be seeing this guy for the next half a decade, maybe more – you're going to pay. You're going to pay the the utmost premium uh, of all of these teams. Like if the offer was three first rounders and a player by the Browns and the by the Texans or rather by the Colts, it's going to be. By, I mean, the, the the team that is not in the division is getting that player no matter what, in my opinion. opinion. Let's go with the Browns next, um, because we don't run out of time here. Because obviously Falcons and Texans, I can I we pretty much both see and say no on those, right? Uh, the Texans, I don't. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he stays with the Texans, the relationship will have to be uh, will have to be worked hard on as far as getting everything back. Because this isn't just the Aaron Rodgers where he's having, you know, kind of a, a, a tirade, and the and the and the GM is, you know, letting him cry it out. This is a bit different. I mean, for two years, Deshaun Watson has said, "I want out. I want out. I want out." And yes, there are extenuating circumstances, but he didn't play last year. This is right. a completely different scenario than Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, uh, the Texans, the relationship would have to be mended. I don't see why he would be staying there, but stranger things have happened. And, no, they are not a contender if he is there. However, I think they can make some noise and win eight-ish games with Deshaun Watson. That's fair. Falcons, of course, no, like you said. Um, Browns, I say – I'll put it this way. Let's put Browns and Colts against let's put Browns, Colts, and Saints against each other here. Um okay. I of those three teams, which one would you think would be best? I think it'd be Browns, and it's not even close. I think it's the Saints. You think it's the Saints? I think, I think the Saints, with everybody coming back pri- primarily. Now mm-hmm. I know they're going to have to make some hard cuts because they are either at or above the cap line right here. So acquiring Deshaun Watson would uh the, the Texans would have to take Taysom Hill back in this thing for sure. I don't know if they want to, but they would have to find a way to get get rid of Taysom Hill. God, that guy has stolen so much money from the league at this oh. point. Um, but I I think if all things being equal, uh, right now as it stands, the Saints would be the best contender out of those three. But again, I don't know what's going to have to happen and who's going to have to go to make room for Deshaun Watson. But the Saints is- seem hard on him or – all in on them, so we'll have to see what happens. Very good point. Depends on what the Browns have to give up, so I, I agree with you on that as well. Um, what is your thoughts on Matt Ryan to the Colts possibly in a trade? I know, like, I mean, Falcons have been discussing because I mean, to, to be fair, Deshaun Watson is like from Georgia, like that area of Georgia. But let's see the Falcons don't even get Deshaun Watson. You think there's a scenario where my Colts, because I my favorite quarterback left in this market besides Deshaun Watson, who's obviously the elephant in the room here. Right. Is Matt Ryan? I made a tweet this morning that said Wentz was was um was was a knucklehead. Baker is Baker. Kirk Cousins is okay, and um Jimmy G missed Emmanuel Sanders. Matt Ryan, despite what people want to say about twenty eight to three, played a really good Super Bowl in my opinion. Should have been MVP if they held on. So I understand the Matt Ryan situation, and I understand that he restructured his deal to make his cap hit lower. Uh, but I don't see a spot where Atlanta's trading him. I just, I don't, I don't understand why they would do it because I think Matt Ryan seems happy, even though he's not going to win another Super Bowl in the rest of his career. I think the Falcons can set up a succession plan for him and he's playing halfway decent football, but they're in a rebuild. 
Now, if Matt Ryan comes out tomorrow and says, I'm done playing for the Falcons, if the re, if a full scale rebuild is going to happen, he then we could, do that. then we, I don't think he would, but uh, if he somehow does come out and say this, Hey, look, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Let's make it clear uh, that this, that's what this is. And let me move on. I mean, obviously like we said, we talked about, was it yesterday, the last couple of days, like, the market for quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, is only about five teams. I mean, we don't know what Seattle right. wants to do. I can't imagine they're going with Drew Locke. Uh, the Texans will need a quarterback if they decide Davis Mills is not the succession plan. The Browns need a quarterback. Um, and then the Colts. And I think we talked about maybe one or two other teams, but it's not a large market right now. So I don't I don't think the Colts should really go after Matt Ryan. Isn't Jameis Winston, like, going back to the Sean Watson thing, isn't Jameis Winston technically still under contract with the Saints? Can you trade an injured guy? Like, if I'm the Texans no, and I can free get – agent. Is he a free agent? Mm-hmm. That's brutal for him. I, I used to not root for that guy, but I, I root for him now with the injury. Now he's a free agent. He can't get anything going. That's yeah, got to He signed a two-year deal when he left, and that was obviously the two years that we've had of Brady in Tampa. And oh. uh, I don't think we're going to see anything out of Jameis Winston for – you know, the first five, six weeks of the season. Now, could he find a way to come back in time? I don't know. I hope he's not rushing it just to get in, get onto the field, but we'll have to see uh, with Jameis Winston. He's a quiet guy. Like there's teams that might bring him in with no intention of needing him to start right away. Um, and the Colts, Colts could be one of those teams. Could be interesting to see. The fact that he performed like smarter last year gives me hope for him more than I had for Carson Wentz. And I, I would never see myself saying that before the start of last season. Yeah, I just – I am very – confused isn't the right word, but I am very interested and perplexed to see what the plan is for the Colts at quarterback. Now, again, I understand if you're done with Carson Wentz, you scapegoated him, you made him kind of the reason you lost, which is fine, whatever. I That's your decision, but – you didn't get Russ. You didn't get Rodgers. You're probably not going to get Deshaun Watson. I mean, you might have to overpay for Matt Ryan. And I don't even know if that could work. Mm. This was presented by Popple. Grow your brand at popl.co with the code AMDRIVE for 20% off your order. On the show today, we're going to have Andy Lindahl, the voice of the Colorado Mammoth. And, boy, I cannot wait to talk to him about the game that he called this past weekend, plus two of the games that are coming up as well for the Mammoth. Also, in the next segment, are the bridges burned in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield with or without a Shaw Watson trade? Julio Jones is gone after being released, and Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills, plus we'll give our top four NLL teams. NLL Thursday continues next on the AM Drive on 12 on Sports. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, Shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies, $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top-performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high-performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Sports fans are gearing up at fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Do you like online shopping? 
Jeff Bezos made online shopping better with Amazon. You can buy batteries, get a TV, even purchase your favorite soda. But wait, do you like sports talk? Jeff Beck made sports talk better with Twilight Sports. Next time you use Amazon, use www.twilightsportsradio.com slash Amazon. Sign in and get shopping. It costs you nothing and helps us. That's www.twilightsportsradio.com slash Amazon. Thanks. All right, and welcome back here to the NLL Thursday edition of the AM Drive, and we are presented by Sling TV. If you want to ditch the expensive cable packages with hundreds of channels you never plan to watch, then go to MikeAndAaronDrive.com and click that Sling logo today. It's affordable, simple, flexible, all the things you see right above my head. And they've got a free trial option, but also plans starting at just $35 a month if you're ready to dive in and be a slinger, just like Mike. Slinger, I love it. Okay. Aaron, I know we touched on Baker Mayfield yesterday, but we also did not maybe touch on this enough because there's a lot of analysis around the NFL, including Baker to Indianapolis, because every quarterback's going to Indianapolis now, which I, I'm not, I guess I'm not too it's mad. It's not about. a large market for quarterbacks. Right. I keep saying it. <laughs> but um, I will say this, though. I'm getting a spec. I'm I'm seeing the speculation that Baker Mayfield has the bridges are burned with Cleveland, not because of what Baker did, because the Browns were openly shopping for Deshaun Watson despite having a young Baker Mayfield. There are people who have said there's no way Baker can go back to that locker room or that front office and feel comfortable and not feel you know you know awful about it, especially after that somber thing. I think I did kind of mention that actually yesterday. So, Aaron, what is your take on Baker Mayfield possibly not even going to the Browns with or without Deshaun Watson there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the situation they have to look at here and uh, for me is can they win with Baker? And it's the same situation the Indianapolis Colts at least believed they were in. Uh, now, the opinion could be out there that that's obviously not the case. But that's for everybody to decide for themselves based on their love or hate of Carson Wentz. Uh, there are a lot of people who back Baker Mayfield. There are a lot of people people who are ready to see him move on from Cleveland, whether it's because of his attitude or whether it's because of his performance on the field. Um, I think, yeah, Cleveland's got to move on. I also think that even if Cleveland does not acquire Deshaun Watson, <clears throat> excuse me, Case Keenum gives them just as good of an opportunity to win football games as Baker Mayfield does. Completely agree. So I got to look at a situation here where Baker Mayfield cannot be a Cleveland Brown anymore. And I think he sees the writing on the wall. Now, can he get traded to uh, a team that needs a quarterback to start right away? Possibly. I mean, if he can be included in the the Texans uh, trade, it's possible he could be a starter. There's rumors that the Texans don't even want him. Um, (laughs) But the other options really like, I know this is, but let's let's not crown Mitch Trubisky a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think there needs to be some competition there. There's a possibility that if he's cut, he's free to sign wherever he wants. But if he wants to be a starting quarterback, like I said, I keep saying this. There's probably about three places, maybe four places that that he is has an opportunity to go and actually legitimately start Week One: Seattle, Pittsburgh. Saints, Indianapolis, Saints, and Panthers. Yeah, I mean, it's possible Baker's a Panther next year. Kitty cats. Boy, that'd be interesting to see Baker in the blue and black. Um, But still, I mean, you have an average to below average quarterback learning a new system. Um, He does have the weapons there with with, uh, DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson, but uh, Chris McCaffrey would be a huge help if he'd stay healthy. I mean, this Carolina is not desolate. On that offensive side of the ball, and there's still weapons. Defense has got some nice young players. 
the defense is, is is decent to pretty good. I, I can I can get down on that, but it, it's, I mean. People are sleeping on the Carolina Panthers as far as offensively. I mean, it all depends on if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, but they've got talent there. You're basically putting a lottery pick if, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, yeah, we can make the playoffs and make some noise maybe. Well, I mean, isn't that all about the the NFL? I mean, it's staying healthy or being healthy at the right time. Yeah, some guys can't do it more than others can. Um, I saw a Chris Mortensen video on ESPN where he was saying the Browns have reportedly said they think the Baker cannot act like an adult sometimes. Oh, I haven't seen this. I actually saw a sound by this morning. It was, it was definitely interesting. Like people, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it, but I was like, man, this is kind of rough. That's a, that's a rough spot because they, apparently the reports were, Baker was – they liked his maturity at first. Like, they liked his leadership, and now they like this guy's like a kid. So – Weird. It's hard, it's hard to really come out and say that, you know, Baker doesn't act like – you know, or Baker acts like a kid sometimes, or Baker doesn't – needs to grow up, or Baker doesn't act appropriately. As you're going out to try to acquire a guy with 22 civil yes. sexual assault lawsuits against him. You know, that was the joke. Is that like, you know, these people are crazy. Here, I have a soundbite right here. We're, we're allowed to do play soundbites, right? A soundbite, fine by me. Hold on. Are you going to play it on your phone? That's not... I think, Dan, listen, I agree, Diana's got this right. I, I believe it's, they're breaking up, uh, regardless of whether or not Deshaun Watson ends up in Cleveland. And the one thing I was told is that it's just not a match emotionally. Whereas Baker Mayfield's passion and emotional re- leadership was embraced at Oklahoma, and even in the beginning with the Browns, mm. things have changed, and they want what they consider an adult at that position. <laughs> an adult. Yeah, I, I mean, there it is. Nailed it right on the head. I mean, it's a situation where I just <sighs> sounds That's a bad. little bit. Uh, what do you call it? Hypocritical. No, I no, I agree with that because that was the general consumption I've seen, like a consensus of the people I've seen. Like they're like, this guy's they they got some bones to pick with with a guy who and they're trying to sign to Sean Watson. Interesting. But let's not deny I mean, let's not deny this situation. Like if Deshaun Watson goes to the Cleveland Browns, that AFC North is going to be better. Look, I know I pick on Mitchell Trubisky, but I think he can be competent enough to lead them to a playoff berth if the Skeleton of Ben Roethlisberger could do it to get Skeleton. to the cusp of it. I think Mitchell Trubisky could possibly move them over that that hump. The Bengals are there, obviously. The Ravens should be back, and should and if they can stay healthy. I mean, people forget they lost all their running backs, including Lamar Jackson. I mean, they lost an entire offensive game plan, you know, throughout the course of the year, and still, you know, at one point in time, they were eight and three and leading the AFC. But yeah, uh, I just. Ago. You know, people. You know, people just think Deshaun Watson, like a year away from the game. This is going to be an interesting experiment if the Cleveland Browns are able to acquire uh, Deshaun Watson. It doesn't, like I said in the first segment, it doesn't automatically make them like super. I mean, it might make them Super Bowl or bust in people's minds, but I, they're better. But I don't know how. But they're exponentially better than the rest of the division. Fair enough. And of the Browns, uh, right? Let's get to this. Julio Jones was released by the Titans. So I guess Falcons getting a second and a fourth round pick a couple years ago looks pretty good right now, I'd say, despite Falcons building to draft people. This this is crazy. Um, this came out of nowhere. Like I was thinking about the Amari Cooper thing. This to me was a little bit worse than that. Like I know Julio was, I guess, hurt a couple times last year. Yes. But he has just fallen off a cliff. One, he's allergic to the end zone, and now he's got injury issues. I don't know what's going to happen with this guy. And I feel sorry because he's probably a Hall of Famer. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, like, I would have said if his career trajectory continued with Atlanta on the on the path that it was, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's highly likely he's still going to get in, but it feels like this abrupt halt to his career if if he never plays again or if he doesn't really have anything, uh, you know, successful let's call it he doesn't have a successful season with the next team that he's on he's kind of on that cusp only 12 you know 12 uh 12,000 yards I believe he's got like a little under 13,000 yards it's uh I think he's a on the cusp kind of hall of famer at this spot but uh, the best fit for Julio Jones is gonna be a team that 
doesn't need him to be a number two. Maybe not even a number three. I know that sounds crazy, but like at the best, he's a he's a, at the best he's a third wide receiver right there. He's the Cedric Wilson, the Michael Gallup. Like, oh, okay, you know, I don't need him drive in and drive out, but hey, you know, every once in a while he might sneak behind the defense and catch a long one if he's on the field at all. But uh, yeah, he's his days as a number one are long done, and his days as a number two, I believe, are over. So we have to see really where he ends up. I mean, this could be a spot where. He might end up in Houston. Or, or do you want Julio Jones on the Colts? No, because he doesn't score. <laughs> there you go. He's <laughs> like T.Y. Hilton, like he's just he's a broken version of himself. I mean, he's in he's in a spot where he can go for a ring and be a third, fourth guy like Odell was originally supposed to be, even though right. Robert Woods got hurt right after he was acquired. So it's it's an interesting spot here that I think uh, he could he could end up getting a ring because he's an irrelevant piece of the puzzle in you know name your name your location at this point. Buffalo Buffalo could be interesting. I mean, Manuel Sanders is gone. You got Beasley. You got Diggs. I mean, you got Gabe Davis. I mean, that's a spot where he could be the fourth option. Mike said it first. Why not? Actually, fifth um, option behind Dawson Knox. <laughs> I'm texting Cody Jansen. I have to say this for the for the record. We were we were asking ourselves before the show because this is an LL Thursday here. Um, and we were like, you know, is Cody gonna be on ESPN Plus this Saturday? He was like, no. And he was like, oh yes, I am. What am I talking about? <laughs> How do you not know you're gonna be on TV? Crazy. Um, sorry, it's NLL Thursday. Von Miller got signed to the Buffalo Bills, and again, another one of these out of nowhere things that just happened. Like People were talking about the Cowboys, and even I was on the Cowboys. Like, why not the Cowboys? Cowboys can't sign anybody right now. Forget the whole we thing in Denver. Bob Miller said, screw Denver. I'm going to Buffalo. I don't – I could have sworn – like, I don't – I've never heard Buffalo at all in the rumors for that. It was either Dallas or back to Denver. This is wild to me. Yeah, I mean – it's an interesting proposition here for for Von Miller because, like, nothing about his life has ever really been in the uh, you know the northeast part of the, the country. So for him to just pick uh, the Bills out of nowhere for that aspect is a little confusing. But he also, I think, he loves to win, and he can still get paid to yes. be on teams that love to win. And Big you money. know, he he could be the first player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with three different teams. That's never happened before. And let's not let's not sugarcoat it. The Buffalo Bills are the favorites right now to win the Super Bowl coming up the next year. I believe they are above the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're above Cincinnati. They're above L.A. Wow. I, I could be wrong. It may mean those things change all the time. But last I checked, I think they were like six to one, five and a half to six to one to win it all, which was the favorite. And wow. adding Von Miller may have just made that – a four even, to one, you know, even closer. Uh, four to one in the NFL is tough. I mean, that's a tough bet to make. But yeah, um, uh, I, I like the deal for for the Bills, uh, obviously. And then they also got OJ Howard from Tampa, yeah, who, I love who him. hasn't really panned out. So what's to love? There, there's just been nothing. He's a vertical to love. threat, you pal. Yeah, but you know, it's hard to go vertical when you're on the uh, IR every week. So that's okay. Uh, he, I mean, he hasn't been able to do anything just yet. Maybe a change of scenery with a with a guy like Josh Allen could uh, elevate this career. Because you're right. I mean, a first round pick, tight end, who's had a lot of expectations, just nothing. Nothing has gone right his way in in his professional career so far. And they still need a running back. <laughs> you know, that's that's interesting to me. I, I wonder if they may spend some of this draft cap on a running back this year. Not that, not that there's a ton of talent coming out, but we'll, we'll see. Right, maybe say, maybe Saquon Barkley might be on the market. Wow, we're just we're just throwing like little sources out here. I love it. Well, remember when the Giants were willing to trade him? You never know. Yeah, and plus Brian Dable too. Hmm. NLL four. Um, Aaron, what is your top four NLL teams? Well, we still have time here. So my top four NLL, uh, the the teams didn't change, but the order did. Buffalo Bandits still number one. They are yep. just rolling and firing on all cylinders. San Diego, the Seals moved up to number two. 
not necessarily as much as what the Seals did is with our number three team, the Halifax Thunderbirds. They went 0-2 this weekend. That was a oh, brutal. Uh, a tough two-game set there for them. Uh, so they fell down to number three. And for me, the f- number four team is the Toronto Rock. Uh, they are just a scoring, they're a scoring machine. And uh, they're on a two-game winning streak themselves here. So um, see if they can keep that going. And who knows, with Halifax slips again, then maybe Toronto moves up. Oh, Buffalo number one for me. That's mass consensus across NFL boards out there. Number two, I've got the Rock. I want a Rock, Rock. Um, I, I just think they're better than the Seals, right? Uh, the Seals, to be fair, the Seals had to come back against the Rush, and Rush were struggling. Like you hold a team to twenty-eight scoreless minutes, I guess you do come back, which is good for their goalie. But I still think the Seals are number three, number four. The Swarm. I love their offense. Halifax soured me, man. I was trying to put Halifax in there. I just could not do it. I'm sorry. Couldn't do it. Oh, interesting. Your NLL top fours never cease to entertain me. Love it. That segment was presented by Sling TV. Become a slinger like me and Aaron by going to our website at microandandrive.com. You need a free trial offer. Ditch those cable packages. We come back. Andy Lindahl of the Colorado Mammoth is going to join us. I cannot wait to see what he has to say. We're going to have a fun time with him next. It's AM Drive on 12 Ounce Sports. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies. $16 shirts, even $13 mugs, high quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Sports fans are gearing up at fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. From all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Do you like online shopping? Jeff Bezos made online shopping better with Amazon. You can buy batteries, get a TV, even purchase your favorite soda. But wait, do you like sports talk? Jeff Beck made sports talk better with Twilight Sports. Next time you use Amazon, use www.twilightsportsradio.com. Dot com slash Amazon. Sign in and get shopping. It costs you nothing and helps us. That's www.twelonsportsradio.com slash Amazon. Thanks. All right, and welcome back here to this NLL Thursday edition of the AM Drive. And we are presented by Fanatics, the best teams, the best leagues. Every daily deal that you can get your hands on is right there at Fanatics. But visit MikeAndAaronDrive.com and click the F. 
What's up, Mr. Andy Lindahl? Welcome to the show today. I'll Guys, how yours. are we? Okay, good. Good. Oh, scared me here for, for cool. All right, Andy. You're the voice of the Colorado Mammoth and the co-host of Crackman and Lindahl on the radio. So let's start off with the life, a day in the life of Andy Lindahl. You are play by play for the Mammoth. Is NLL your only forte? Because your Twitter profile picture is a Colorado football game interview. Uh, no, actually, I host an afternoon drive radio show on uh, the station that has the Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets here in town. Uh, that's Altitude 92.5. So I do that every day for four hours. Um, matter of fact, that game that you guys saw Friday night, we were a little bit stressed because uh, I can't get out of the radio even though it's technically all the same company because the radio station I work at, our owner, Stan Kroenke, owns the Mammoth. and uh, But not everybody plays well together all the time. So uh, I had to get done with my radio show. I had to hustle from a bar we were doing a remote. I had to get over to the arena to the game, and I'll be doing the same thing tomorrow night against Vancouver. Uh, and I got to get out of a place in the mountains and back down to the city in time to call this game. So it's been interesting. But I do the Mammoth. I did the Broncos for over a decade. I was able to cover both their Super Bowl Manning. Um, I was the sideline reporter. At, let's see. I do the Buffs side, but the profile picture is. It's me getting a chance to talk to one of the receivers who was one of my favorite guys last year after one of their very few victories. Um, but I've actually done more football. I play. I played lacrosse for – 30 years coach lacrosse for six or seven now. Um, so lacrosse is my true love as far as sports, but my, my most extensive experience comes from talk shows. and. That's awesome. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Andy, I, you know, you talked about uh, this situation here with you kind of, you're the do it all here in Denver sports media. And, and how did you find, kind of a, you know, your role in what's, uh, you know, could be a saturated market. I know you grew up, you know, rooting for the Broncos. I read a little bit about you here before the show and that stems from your parents. And, uh, you know, what did you do to kind of work hard to carve out your role in Denver sports media? Uh, you know, see, I'm a unique story. Um, <laughs> I started actually as a, uh, as a producer and normally if you go and this is what sometimes the young folks don't get told which is unfair if you head in the producers route you normally end up as a program director we call them or like the boss the management side of things you don't become the on-air folks the talent as they like to say although most of us kind of laugh at the word talent but you know that's what they label us um <laughs> So I was doing, I was working with Mark Schlereth right after he retired from the Denver Broncos on a show that he hosted. And it was one of, with his uh, former teammates, David Diaz and Fonte, they both were part of those great Super Bowl teams uh, with the Broncos in the 90s. And Mark, you know, is pretty famous for having the 30 knee surgeries and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he was constantly getting surgery. And so I, when I got into radio, I got into it while I was in college. I had an internship, very key if you can get them. You know, here in the States, we have a problem. Uh, there was a case long ago where a group of students sued uh, the state of New York, sued a college in particular, um, for not getting accreditation for doing what, they was, what was an internship. They didn't get paid, and they didn't get college credit like they were supposed to. It was a total scam. I felt bad for the students. But unfortunately, their gain is they won some money out of this case forced paid internships throughout our industry. I did I did two free internships and then got hired by the station I was working at. Uh, I gave them six free months of work, but it worked out as a six-month job interview uh, because now you've got to pay interns and the rules have changed drastically because of this landmark case. It really hurts young folks trying to get in and show people, hey, I've got what it takes because that's what happened with me. My first job I was working a nighttime show that was 7 to 10, our afternoon show on KOA where the Broncos are broadcasted. This is back in, in 2000, I guess. Um, their, their producer quit. And since I was doing the show after that, I just said, 
you know, this is like mid October. I was like, look, I could use the money, especially come Christmas time. Cause you're not going to make a lot when you start out in this thing. You may never make a lot in radio, but mm -hmm. we love what we do. Um, so anyway, I just said, Hey, look, I'll take it over. I took it over a guy named Scott Hastings who now does the nuggets colors. He was a member of the right. Detroit Pistons, bad boys. Uh, he said, give this guy a chance. I like him. They were doing a national search to fill the job because this show was a top five in Denver at the time. Uh, Scott's partner was Dave Logan, the voice of the Broncos. Uh, and he was a Cleveland Brown back in the day, too. Very famous Colorado athlete. And they both were just like, let him have the job. He's working hard. Uh, but again, wouldn't have been in the position to even get that break had I not had the internship. Because I interned for those guys for six months. Um, so anyway, I was on my way to management. And then I started doing this show with Mark Schlereth after he retired because we became buddies. Um, wow. And Mark was on ESPN. Mark had to go and do the ESPN hits on NFL Live. So instead of getting filling hosts, we, I just was like, look, man, I'm just going to host the show when he's out. And again, because radio is cheap, they're like, fine. We don't need, we can't pay people to fill in for this guy. So that's kind of how I got my bra break and my crossover into doing talk shows. And then soon after that, I started doing the Broncos sideline. I want to say, I guess my first sideline days were in 2008. And I was with the team through 2017. Uh, and then we were doing this all Bronco station afterwards. It just failed miserably. And then I got let go. You're going to get fired in radio. You better get ready for that. So I got fired in radio, got picked up by this station here three months later. Um, having a good time with the guy that I work with now getting into the mammoth is an interesting deal because I'm one of the few guys in town here in Denver. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing right now my Vista boys where I coach, I play, there aren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of media guys in Denver that actually played lacrosse. And we had the outlaws roll through along with the mammoth. And I first started working the sidelines of outlaws games. And it just was easy for me because I get the game because I play. Now, again, the indoor stuff, you may have heard me mention it on the broadcast. Bob Hamley and Steve Govett and, you know, John Grant Jr. I've had guys teach me the subtleties of the differences between the two sports. Uh, you'll oftentimes hear me and my buddy, Jamie Shuchuk, who I do the broadcast with, who may, we may have to pair you guys up with. But he and I always have a little joke about the face-off wins because I faced off. Face-offs, they're a huge deal in field lacrosse. They're not as big a deal, according to most guys, for example, in the indoor league. You don't, right. They don't feel like it leads to the kind of runs it can lead to in the field game. Hmm. So I've gotten to do a lot. I did the Outlaws broadcast for a number of years. Uh, until I started traveling. I was the mammoth color analyst for about eight or nine years. Uh, there are a number of times where I literally, I left that Bronco game where uh, Raheem Moore had the bad play and blew it for Peyton Manning in his first year. I literally left this stadium and went to a mammoth playoff. Um, <laughs> I remember the Tebow game. I was trying to call the mammoth game with Josh Gross, who now works for the San Diego Seals, while the the Patriots were crushing Tebow and the Broncos after uh, after the Demarius Thomas touchdown. When I first started doing the Bronco games, I only did the home games because our PA guy, Alan Roach, who does the Olympics and uh, everything else, he used to go on the road, but he would be PA for the Broncos in the home, you know, at home. So I only had to do the home games, so it was great. But I traveled with the team for about four or five years and, you know, lived every minute of their Super Bowl 50 year. And as you said, being a Bronco fan, uh, it was incredible. I became really good friends with a girl who worked with me. She's a former Bronco cheerleader named Romy Bean. Uh, you know, we were doing a show together. She was on the sidelines, still cheerleading. She was the last person I saw before I had to, like, get on the field as they pulled up the rope. You know, she's a Denver native, too. Her family's got great connections. That was a pretty special moment because we both were, like, Denver kids, you know, and we were about to go hang out with them as they raised the trophy and then, you know, the parties into the night. So that was probably my most special moment. But it's been incredible having I mean, I grew up in Denver where lacrosse didn't mean anything to anybody. You know, it's uh it always touches me to see where the game's gone because, you know, we're in Ball Arena now, where the abs play, where the nuggets play. Uh, it's been a little slow for the crowds to come back, but they used to get 16,000 there. Ooh, wow. And when I was playing in high school, nobody, our parents barely showed up 
We were right. lucky to get five people at a game, you know. <laughs> um, I played Vail where we had 5,000 people watching us one year with one of my teams. I got to play the Gate Brothers and Marichek and, you know, Quint Kesnick and all these. That's probably my coolest lacrosse experience. But to see the DU Pioneers be so dominant, to see the Mammoth be so important, I'm very sad the Outlaws left because I love the field game. You know, I don't not as big a fan of the PLL concept, the Premier Lacrosse League, because I liked it when the Mammoth had seven, eight home games. I used to teach at a media school, and I would teach. I take the students out. I have a number of kids that got to go and get their first media experience on the field with the Outlaws, getting a chance to talk to John Grant Jr. You know, a legend right. in his own game. Right. And, uh, the cross players are so much more chill than the baseball or the football guys. I agree. It was a great experience for everybody that I wish the league was still around, but that's kind of the nutshell of what I've done in my career. But that was all. I love the wealth of information. That was amazing to hear all the stories. That was just one time. And I appreciate that. Um, I do have to ask you, speaking of the mammoth about this past game, you mentioned it a little bit that I, it's very rarely do you see a team that's like got 14 goals in, that I've seen in the NLL and they get blown out because another team to score 20. That was just incredible. It was in Colorado, which I love. I think you guys have one of the best home advantages that I've seen on from the ESPN plus side of things. How take me through that game. How do you balance not like screaming your heart? I'm like they scored again. Cause I was on Twitter. Like how does this, when does this end? How do you manage to do that? Well, I mean, you just you ride the game. I think that's where playing it helps, right? Right. Um, because, you know, now, look, was I some high-level lacrosse player? I'm not trying to say that I was. I wasn't. But I played the game. I've coached the game. I felt it, you know, and I feel like when you've been around it, you kind of know, like, you know, you try to tell people, look, the first goal is not the biggest deal in a lacrosse game. Now, sometimes in the indoor league, you get a little bit more of a, you know, lower-scoring game like you're, to to your point, that that game the other night looked like an out, you know, where the middies dominate and there's just a ton of scoring and they had the two-point line and all that other stuff. So right. that was a very unusual game, especially with Dylan Ward playing. Dylan Ward is one of the great goalies in the league, you know, and uh, yeah, they DeMood, got you know, DeMood had that kind of a rough game. The the Panther City goalie had, had a bit of a rough game going into that the week before, even though they won. Right. So we weren't exactly expecting a shootout, but you know, you got it and you just, you just go with it. I mean, I guess I love the game. So I hope that helps, you know, um, this, this, this sport has meant everything to me. Lacrosse has, cause I think it's helped me be tough enough mentally to make it in a business where people are trying to backstab you and you don't always have people looking out for you and things like that. And I, I take a lot of the experiences I had from the tough times in lacrosse to, help me get through just life sometimes. Um, but my love for the game, I hope helps me feel it out. I, you know, it's a game like that's fun. I, I almost feel like, I don't think I did anything for that. That game was just so good. You know, right. you earn your money, in crappy games. You earn the money when you don't have anything going on and nobody can seem to do much. Right. Like we had an eight to four game or a nine to four game earlier in the year against right. Vancouver, who they're going to face again tomorrow night. You know, and look, Alex Bouquet's on the Warriors, and he used to play here. And Bouquet's a kind of a urban legend, a local legend here in Colorado because he backed up Dylan Ward. And there was a game where he came out of the net and just trucked some guy. You know, it was on all the highlight films and sizzle reels we put up before the game forever. Uh, and so, you know, Bouquet's a fun figure, but man, nobody was scoring. And nothing was going on. And, you know, you guys maybe – I called high school football a low level of it back in the day where both teams ran these same, like, basic running offenses and you're seeing the same play every time. And there's not really much to describe because it looks like what we just watched for the last five straight plays. That's where you kind of earn your money to try to be entertaining. That The game the other night was so phenomenal. I wish you could have been on ESPN as some of these games are yes. because that's that's the kind of game that I think wins the fans when you see something as fun as that. Absolutely. Showcases the sport to the fullest because, like you said, they, you know, the fans love offense. Uh, talking to Andy Lindahl here, voice of the Colorado Mammoth and obviously co-host 
of Kreckman and Lindahl, two to six on the 92.5 altitude. Uh, last, last question we're going to ask you here. The Mammoths have a double header this weekend, Friday and then Saturday, one at home and then one in San Diego. Uh, expectations uh, for for the Mammoth this weekend as they go up against uh, two teams that are, uh, you know, fighting for wins, one of them being uh, Vancouver and the other one obviously being the division leader in San Diego. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I got to go back to my app here <laughs> on my phone because this has been such a crazy week in Denver. We had the Russell Wilson press conference yesterday. Oh, the Rocky right. signed Chris Bryant. The Avs traded for – uh, they've traded for a couple of grinders that they desperately need if they're going to be physical enough in the playoffs. We're expecting a, a Claude Giroux, possibly a Patrick Kane trade in the next couple of days. And, of course, the Mammoth made some trades. So I as I trade up with everybody, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. Let me, uh, let me go get the needs. I know they traded first off for Tyson Gibson, and Tyler Digby was a guy – Tyler was a real leader on this team. Like one of the guys the Mammoth gave up. Of course, they sent him off uh, to New York, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to look for the trade details. I know they sent a bunch of picks, but Digby's going to be the centerpiece of that trade that uh, they sent off to the Riptide. Digby's a good player, former Canadian football player, physical dude. Um, I think they were really counting on a lot from Digby. He was an assistant captain for the team. And I think the reason why he was able to get moved is Zed Williams really has come into his own, and they kind of play that lower crease attackman kind of plays uh, uh, position for the Mammoth, you know, playing off the shooter Ryan Lee up top, the two righties. So looking at Gibson's sort of bubblegum card, if you will, as best you can, Tyson Gibson, it's uh, looks like he's going to add a little bit of scoring. I think he's probably going to add a little bit of speed. He's younger. He was the first overall pick for the Riptide. So I'm really, really curious to see – what he brings to this. And then Anthony Jokum, uh, who they also acquired in a trade. Man, the defense was rough last week, you know, and I think Robert Hope, the mammoth captain, was in the box a couple of times. He got really frustrated. Hope is a really chill dude. So I was kind of thrown off seeing Hope go to the box a couple of times. We had a case where John Gallant, the former assistant captain of, or the former captain, I should say, of the mammoth, is between the benches for us. And Gallant right, was yeah. even saying Ward was getting in people's grills a little bit. So I think there is clear frustration with the defense. I think both these guys are going to play. Uh, what that loss – now, Vancouver lost last week too. So the Friday night game is going to be a little bit interesting because Vancouver – like Vancouver's social media wasn't even trying to hide that this is kind of a crappy game and we're not doing anything against That was Toronto. funny. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll have to see. Both teams need a bounce back. The Seals, of course, are the class of the Western Conference. So the Mammoth need to take care of business Friday night. They have to. You don't want – like Panther City's getting on a roll. They may have a bunch of young guys not a lot of people are too familiar with, and a lot of their best players are not even in the NLL yet. They're still in college. They're really building something down there. I'm not surprised to see Bob Hamley doing that because he's such a good guy for the league. But they've got to get this one against Vancouver. Then you hope you don't – you know, not too much jet lag. There's been some snow here, but it's mainly a wet storm. I don't think it's going to affect travel for Vancouver or it shouldn't affect the Mammoth getting out. But you don't want to have one of these planes, trains, and automobiles trips from Denver to San Diego and get in there and you're kind of tired and, you know, whatever. Uh, you hope they can send a little bit of a message because it's going to be big, these matchups between San Diego and Colorado down the stretch. But Colorado's got to get this one Friday. They've got to they've got to wash out what we saw. A fun game for us to watch. I, I can tell you. Pat Coyle was probably chewing bricks in the locker room when it was done. So it's a big weekend for the Mammoth. This has been awesome, Andy. I appreciate all the insight. I appreciate the breakdown of those games. I might have to make some bets on BetMGM now that you say all that stuff. I'm but not I allowed appreciate- to talk to you, I'm afraid, fellas. Sorry about that. I no, I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. Guys, have a good one. Thanks. You too. You too. Thanks for coming aboard. Aaron, I said we keep it right here. What about you? Yeah, yeah, no, Andy was great. Um, that was an incredible segment. Obviously, just, you know, being a guy who grew up uh, wanting to also break into those things, it's all about opportunity sometimes. And he really nailed it right on the head. Uh, our buddy Cody is going through it as well. 
you know, it's a tough business to be in and it's a tough business that you may never make a lot of money in. So you have to you have to really love it. And it seems like Andy, uh, Andy does for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you listened to that game, but it, it was phenomenal. I caught uh, bits and pieces of it. Just just Panther City putting up 20 goals is already a shocker to me. It's not fair. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get on NL pick up for week 16 presented by Amdrive.online. Do we have the best merchandise at the lowest price um, ever? We do. Bingo. Okay, Aaron. Tonight, um, Saskatchewan Rush and the Calgary Roughnecks. I got the Rush. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a tough one. This is poop against poop. <laughs> you know what? Let's go with the Rush just because they're our, they're our team. I'm going to go with the Rush as well. They, they got to get on the board. All right. They almost were on the board against the Seals, to be fair. Um, tomorrow, the Vancouver Warriors and the Colorado Mammoth. I've got Andy Lindahl's Mammoth to win the game. Yep, I'm going to go with the Mammoth as well. Get back on the board here. They need to. Uh, a great uh, a great weekend would be to sweep this doubleheader here with Vancouver and San Diego, first and third in the division, respectively. So I'm going to go with the Mammoth to, to win this one against Vancouver. Fair enough. Swarm and the Firewolves. These two teams have split before. I'm going with the Swarm on the road. So I will uh, I will go against you here. I'll take the Firewolves in Albany. Boo! Panthers City's red hot. They stay red hot and beat the Calgary Roughnecks, who have a home and home. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Panther City with this one. They like like uh, Andy's convinced me. You know they got a lot of young guys playing ball, and uh, they they already now as an expansion team believe, hey, we can win some games. And uh, yeah, let's 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 take Panther City to five and eight this year. Rush get back to five and eight as well. They win two big games and creep around. I think they played better the last two weeks. They result in big wins, and this one's going to be against the Rochester Nighthawks at home. Go yes, Cody! They're, they're definitely better at home. We're going to see our buddy. Cody Jansen on the call, and I don't like to see him call L's, so let's see him call that big win for the Saskatchewan Rush. Right. And I got Mammoth against the Seals. I think Seals showed me a lot last week, and I think Mammoth are going to win a low-scoring grudge match with that Canadian football player. <sighs> so I'd like to see Colorado get this doubleheader, sweep oh. it, get to eight wins. I uh, I just don't see it happening. I think San Diego in a thriller. I'm gonna have to call uh, Andy and bring him back on here. Well, like Kyle, you said, Kyle, like he said, Colorado having to get out of Denver in just the nastiest of weather right now. It might be a little tough. Uh, they might be a little tired. They might be a little beat up playing the night before. I just don't see it really being uh, advantageous. If this was a home game, maybe different. But uh, Seals get this one. Uh, I think the Seals might get this one a little comfortably. Listen, it's been a great NLL Thursday, Aaron. Before we go, because we still have time, let's talk about some, some other signings in the NFL now. Um, Chris Godwin is back with the Bucks. Your quick thoughts on him doing that? I'm happy to see it. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. Oh, now you got Russell Gage back. Maybe probably Gronk back. I think the band's getting back together. Bow! Like the rock. Um, Raheem Mostert goes to the Miami Dolphins. Miami's making moves, Loki. Yeah, we'll see if he can stay healthy, but he is a big pickup if he can stay healthy. Right. Also, um, the Colts traded for Neke and Gakwe in exchange. <laughs> say that again Rocky five times Street. fast. <laughs> say I'll that again say, five times. No, 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 no. You mean Yannick and Gakwe? <laughs> that works too. Uh, this is good for both teams. Um, you know, I think that this is a situation where the Raiders just got Chandler Jones. And Max Crosby, which is a formidable one-two punch. Uh, and Yannick was the, uh, the odd man out in that spot. So picking up a, a good corner from Indianapolis uh, for a guy that, uh, you know, may have seen a reduction in his playing time, I, I, I think it's a good trade for both teams. One last um, person that signed, uh, I'm, I'm going to mention this, Zadarius Smith leaves the Packers and goes to the Ravens. They're dropping like flies in Green Bay. Well, we knew that would have to happen. They're over the cap, and Zadarius Smith goes back home to Baltimore. Love it. Take us home. Right, it's going to do us here for the AM drive here on this awesome NLL Thursday. Special thanks again to Andy Lindahl, 
voice of the Colorado Mammoth and do it all, Mr. Do It All in Denver there and in sports radio. Uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of that awesome uh, experience and stories with us. And of course, we love you guys. Thank you for your support. Continue to support those sponsors at MikeAndAaronDrive.com, which is right there above Mike's head. And of course, the Twitter, or excuse me, the social medias are at AMDriveTV, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, and the TikToks. But most importantly, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type in AM Drive with Mike and Aaron and hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. So for Michael Carvelis, I am Aaron Crouch. We'll see you guys tomorrow on this Friday edition, on that Friday edition of the AM Drive at 10 a.m. Eastern time on 12 Ounce Sports. Drive safe.